conquered in the line that song you have overcome the world this is what jesus says look as you live in the world you're going to have trouble you're going to have problems you're going to have hassles stuff's going to happen to you that's the amplified version stuff's going to happen to you that you don't like and some it will knock you for six it'll get you down it'll get you all this that and the next thing but then he says but take courage don't be fearful he says i've overcome the world so whatever's going to happen to you is not going to defeat you or destroy you providing you've got a trust in me because stuff happens to us the good news knows when good news is when you know jesus is your savior you know that he's in charge and there's something in you which can cause you still to be a winner still to overcome that whatever knocks you down doesn't mean say you get knocked out you can get knocked down the trouble is when jesus is in you the referee doesn't get to 10 because you get back up again because there's a life force within you which causes you to rise you might get knocked down and the, the enemy thinks he's laughing at you and the referee's counting to four, five, six, and seven. I mean, you don't get Jesus, you kind of get back up. But when you've got Jesus Christ, there's something within you which is switches on and gets up before 10 and then you eventually become the winner in Jesus' name. But it's not you, it's about Jesus. We've had some great preachers today, so I'll not take too much of your time here. And it's great to hear stories. I mean, I love, pe baptismal services are my favorite. I want to get baptized every time there is one all over again. Theology is a bit dodgy for that, but I'd love to get baptized all over again. They're great, they're fantastic, and they're great people. Okay, Myra, Kathy, I went to see her, and she's a lovely, lovely woman, and she was telling she didn't think she contributed much. Then we talked a bit more, and she all these things that she's capable of, and the gifted that God is, and she's a gift to the church and to the Jesus Christ. She really is. Okay, then, then remember, got a call to go and see Eddie and Tracy. Uh, one of my highlights of last year, if not, was just sitting praying with them, sending this prayer and uh, Jesus coming into their hearts and lives and, and they've been an incredible blessing ever since, haven't they? Incredible to have them here today. Today is the greatest day in the, the calendar, not because it's April the 4th, but because it's Easter Sunday, the greatest day and it sets us, and we've heard before, it sets us apart. I mean, you've got a lot of religions and philosophies in planet Earth, and there's a lot of them. What they're trying to do is, is trying to appease God or please God or get right with God. And it's like trying to do things to try and get on God's side or to get right with God. It's trying to uh, abide by laws or regulations or rules. And what it is, it's trying from the outside to change the inside. But Christianity is completely different. It turns on its head. And we're not about, and Christianity and Jesus follows, it's not about us trying to please God or trying to do things that change us from the inside to please God. Christianity is actually about from the inside out. I think Song wrote a song some time ago. I know they did, from the inside out. And as it starts, I believe, the first line is, I failed a thousand times, a thousand times I failed. It's that I've tried so hard to be different, tried so hard to get right with God, to do what God wants, but I've tried so hard to get it right, but a thousand times I've failed. And it goes on to say, Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul. It goes on to say, consume me from the inside out. And that's the only way we can change. That's the only way that we can really change. It's not from the outside in, it's from the inside out. And that's the good news of Easter, that we can change from the inside out. Paul, in case you think I'm not reading my Bible, I'm reading you one verse from my Bible. Paul sums up in two sentences what Easter and what baptism 
is about in many ways. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he writes to the church in Galatians. If you're in the church, you know the text so well. It's Galatians 2, verse 20. And the NIV puts it like this. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That sums up what baptism is about. It sums up what we are about here is Easter. Paul had an expressed that the law couldn't change us. I'm sticking to the law. God gave a law and that could not change us. All the law did was show us that we can't be what God wants us to be. The law condemned us. It said, I can't live up to that standard. I've tried to fulfill all the law, but I still get it wrong from time to time. And the law can't make me good. It just shows how bad I am. But then Paul said, you know what? Grace came. Jesus came and things are different. And three quick things here. It says, I have been. I have been. And if you put a, ch- a title over that part of my life, it's failure, a false. It have been. If you're looking for a title, I'm not great with titles, but if you're looking one for today, it would be, I, I'm a have been, but not a has been. Okay, that's the best I could come up with. I'm a have been, but not a has been. Paul says, I have been. And the reality is we can all put, I have been. I have been. Somebody said once, a lot of people have said it now, that every saint has a past. We've all got have-beens in our life. And if I look out in a crowd like this, there's a whole variety of I have-beens. There's more beans than Heinz's 57 variety of beans. I have been this, I have been that, and it can be a bad sense. I have been a thief, I have been an addict, I have been a womanizer, I've been a cheat, I've been a gossip, I've been a swindler, I've been an anger machine, I've been stuff. I've been a lot of stuff that's not good, and maybe you've not been any of them. But maybe you've been, I've been a proud so-and-so, or I've been a self-righteous so-and-so. But we've all got, we've all got a past, we've all got, I have been something. I have been this in my life. And even if you're the best person on planet Earth, you're not perfect. And there's times you've done it wrong or thought it wrong, but you've been someone who's not got it right. You've been someone. I have been this or that or the next thing. But the good news is whatever you have been doesn't need to define who you are or who you're going to be. There can be a change takes place. Paul, writing to the Corinthian church, he talks about a whole lot of people who are Sexually immoral, he says, then there were thieves, or you're greedy people, they're drunk, slanderers, swindlers, abusers, cheats, all these type of people. It says, and they will not inherit the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And it says, and some of you were like that. That's how to win friends and influence people. It says, all this bunch of stuff, and he's putting it below, and it says, and that's what some of you were as well. But it doesn't stop there. It says, but you were washed. You are cleansed. You are changed. You had the call of God come into your life and you were changed by the blood of Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our Lord God. I.e., there's a possibility of change. No matter what you have been, the bad news is that you have been bad, but there's a change coming. I think there's a song along those lines, isn't there? There's a change coming. Before my time, but I heard Scott singing it one day. No. <laughs> and the reality is, you can stick 
with your bad I have been. And it restricts who you are. It restricts who you're going to be. You can stick in this. This is what I've done. This is what I've been. This is all my life amounts to. And you can stick there. I have been this and that thing. But there's not just a restricting I have been. There's a releasing I have been. And that's what Paul talks about here. He said, well, maybe all been these type of things. But he said, but I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. I.e., that old me has died. It doesn't exist anymore. There came a point in my life, and there came a point when Myra and Eddie and Tracy came to the point where they didn't just live the way they were. That old person died and was buried. It went. It died in the grave, in the sense, spiritual grave. They were crucified with Christ. The old has gone. The old life was gone. And they've identified that my life was crucified with Christ. Christ. We all know that Jesus Christ was crucified. And if you look at it, it's the biggest miscarriage of justice in human history. Even the judge who was holding his trial said this, I find no fault in him. Some of the versions say this, I find him not guilty. I find no guilt in him. I cannot find any reason to condemn him. I find no reason for an accusation against him. I find no occasion for a complaint against him. Not even one cause. Another one. I don't find this man guilty of anything. I find no fault in this man. The only person who's ever lived on planet earth who it could be said in truth, I find no fault in this man. Now, I know many of you ways find no fault in your husbands. It's only my wife I'm talking about. I can't speak of the rest. Yeah. But Jesus Christ, this is what the judge says. I find no fault in him. He's innocent of anything. There's not even cause to accuse him of anything. He's so innocent and pure and right and upright. He's never done anything wrong. He's lived for 33 and a bit years. And there's not one thing he's done ever wrong. He's perfect. He's complete. He's incredible. He's remarkable. There's no fault in him. He doesn't deserve to be punished. It's as if he's saying, Jesus, there's nothing I can find you guilt of. You don't deserve it. There's no fault in you. But Jesus stepped in and said, it's okay. He didn't say, but he's saying, I know there's no fault in me, but you know what? I'm prepared to take the punishment for every fault of every man, every woman, every child, whoever lives on planet Earth. I'll take their fault on me. I'm faultless, but every fault for everyone, I'll take it all myself and just punish me instead of the billions of people that have ever lived on planet Earth. I'll take their punishment. Wow, how incredible is our Savior. How incredible is our Jesus. He took Myra's, Eddie's, Tracy's, mine, yours. And he just simply asked us to acknowledge, hey, we're the guilty. And like they have done, they've come and said, hey, I'm the guilty one. Thank you for taking that punishment for me. Thank you for taking that cross punishment for my sins. Come and be my savior. And they have done that. We acknowledge he's my savior. But Lord, I'll keep going on doing wrong. 
unless you come and change me from the inside out. Because it's not just about being crucified and the old has gone. There has to be a new that comes. And baptism is my old chapter, the old message over me. I have been this and it's fault, but I now live still. And what I'm standing now is forgiven. My now is forgiven. I stand forgiven. Incredible. Jesus and Friday took the punishment so that we can stand before God, righteous, cleansed, washed, forgiven. I don't care what you've done up to now. We have got a message this Easter that whatever you've done wrong, there's forgiveness because of Jesus. Jesus took your punishment so that you could be forgiven by God. And when God forgives, he wipes it clean. He doesn't even remember it. He wipes the slate clean and you can get a brand new start in a new life. And you can stand forgiven. I live forgiven by God. I'm not just patched up. I'm a new person because his life comes into us. I can't change. I can be forgiven and that's great. But I'm still the same person who keeps on messing up. But today... It's not just about being forgiven, it's about receiving Jesus Christ who comes to live in us by his spirit and start cleansing us and changing us from the inside out. We become new creatures. Paul puts it, the old has gone and the new has come. Baptism symbolizes that dying. It happens when we accept Jesus as our savior. Baptism does not save people. But as Myra was saying, I'm making a public commitment that I follow Jesus. And when we're putting them down, it's like Paul says, I'm identifying that I've been crucified with Christ. The old life is gone. But when we come back up out of the water, it symbolizes new life, resurrection life. What is incredible is that God comes to live inside us by his spirit. Isn't that awesome? then changes us more and more into his image from the inside out. When we come out, it's not just a patched up, it's a new life. There's a power that comes to live inside us. There's a life of God comes to live inside us and changes us. And when we, they come out the water, that's symbolic. When I accepted Christ, the old is gone, but I'm a new creature. And I'm not the same person just saying forgiven. I'm now a new creature with a life of God living within me, permeating inside my spirit. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that great? I have a own. But also, I have a future. I have a future. My eyes are open. Because when you call my name, I run out of that grave. I have a future. And my future is faith. And it's based on faith in him. I'm only going to speak for another few minutes. You will please say no. I have a have been. I've got a past. But my past was dealt with because I have been crucified with Christ. I have no forgiveness and a relationship with God, but I've got a future. And I want to tell you, you've got a future. And you can put your trust in God who holds your future. He's got your future in his hands if you let him. Because I said earlier, there's a saying that says that every saint has a past. But that's only half the saying. Because the other part is every sinner has a future. You have a future. 
I want to tell you your best, put your faith in God for your future. What are you relying on in life to see you through? It's your faith in your ability, your faith in your bank balance, your faith in your partner, your faith in your job, your talent, your faith in your own self-confidence, your family. I want to tell you, and I'll stand before you and say, the faith I have for my future is in Jesus Christ. I'm putting my life in his hand. I have no confidence in myself that I'll do anything in my future, but I've got faith in Jesus Christ who's leading and guiding my life. You do what you want. But I'll tell you who my future's on. He's on a man who one Friday many years ago was beaten to a pulp. Never mind Calvary, the whipping post should have killed him. He was beaten to a pulp at a whip, Roman whipping post. If you've ever seen the Passion of the Christ, that's the closest them has ever come to showing what it was like. He was beaten to a pulp. He was made to carry a wooden cross on a back which was torn and ripped to shreds. He was hung naked in a Roman cross with nails in his hands and his feet. There was a stinking, horrible, thorny crown placed on his head which cut him. And blood poured out of him. He was spat on. He was mocked. This faultless man. His friends deserted him, many of them. One of his best followers even cursed and said he didn't know him. The soldiers mocked him. Others were mocking him. He was physically, emotionally drained. He hung in the heat of the day for three hours on that cross. He was exhausted in every way. And then he was taken down and put in a tomb with a large stone over it. And the best, if you like, soldiers on planet Earth at the time outside guarding the tomb. And do you know what? In that state, do you know what he did? He went and took the keys of death and hell and then rose out of that tomb to reign victorious forever and forever and forever. And that's who my faith is in for the rest of my life. If you can trump that, come and speak to me afterwards because I want to know. But if you can't, maybe you need to put your faith in the same one. What's your faith in for your future? Guys, just come up. Myra, Eddie, and Tracy have already made that statement. And today they're telling the world, you know what? My past is dealt with. I have a now where I'm forgiven. But I've got a future, which is a faith and a trust in the one who is weakest conquered the biggest foe we could ever have.
and made a public spectacle of him. If you don't know him this morning or today as the one that is your saviour and you've put your faith in, let me more than suggest, let me say, you need to accept him as your saviour today. You need to come to the place, no matter where you have been as, you can have a day today where you say, I've been crucified with him. I identify that he died for me and I want my old life to be dealt. And he doesn't leave us there. He brings us up and we rise with a new life within us. Every eye closed for a moment, please, and every head bowed. You're in here today and you don't know Jesus as your saviour. I don't know where your faith is. I don't know what you're putting your trust in for your future. Maybe you're just wrecked with the guilt of I have been and it's defined who you are. Today, the Easter message is that Jesus on Friday died so that you, whatever you have been can be dealt with and cleansed and punished as far as he's concerned so that you can stand holy and righteous and right before God. You can stand forgiven for whatever you've done. But more than that, he can give you a future. You can put your trust and your faith in the one who can conquer anything. The one who's overcome hell and the grave. The one who overcame the world. The one who says, I'm an overcomer. And I want to put my life in you. That you can trust me. I've got the power. I've got a love for you which is greater than anything you can imagine. But more than a love, I've got a power to help you in life. Today, if you don't know Jesus as your saviour, you've never accepted him. What a better time than Easter to acknowledge that. You've had a half-been past, which makes you less than you want to be, or less that God needs you to be. But it can be forgiven and cleansed, and you can be made right. And you can accept him as your saviour and place your trust in him for your future. If that's you today, if every head's bowed, every eye closed, we don't to embarrass you. But we do want you to make, just stick your hand up so we can pray with you. Jesus died publicly, openly for you. You want to accept Jesus Christ as your saviour. You've never asked him to be your saviour to come into your life. Just where you are, just slip your hand up, would you? We just want to pray with you and help you. God bless you. You can take that hand down. And tell us one to put the hand up today. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Father, we thank you for the Easter message. Lord, we thank you for Good Friday. We thank you that Jesus took all our punishment, the faultless, spotless Lamb of God took our punishment that we deserved so that we can be forgiven and stand right before a holy and a righteous God. Lord, that will never um, cease to amaze us that you would do that. But we say thank you. And we acknowledge that and we ask you and thank you for your forgiveness. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you rose to give us new life. Thank you that you came to live in us by your spirit to change us from the inside out so that we can become the people that you've intended and purposed us to be. And Lord, I thank you that we put our faith in the one who has overcome that nothing can defeat you, Jesus. And as we come to put our trust in you and you come to live inside of us, whatever happens to us in this world, we thank you that you, the life force within us by your spirit, is an overcomer. 
and we can put our trust and faith and confidence in the one who never fails, the one who can never get defeated, the one who is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And today we thank you that we trust you and we put our faith in you to lead us and guide us into a glorious future. Thank you that when you called our names, we ran out of that grave and we now have a future. Not just an eternity with you, but in this life, a future living with you and seeing you do incredible things in us. Father, we pray for Myra and Eddie and Tracy as they come to be baptized, that this will be a special moment in their life. Lord, as they make that public statement here, that they're following you. Your word says is, you will honor those who honor you and as they honor you by being obedient to your command to be baptized today, we pray, Lord, that this is a significant chapter and they'll be propelled into a dynamic, incredible, wonderful future. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Handing and leaders a song, we're going to come change, we'll come back out in a moment or two.